Welcome to the Brian Oak Show, a podcast that's been going on for quite some time. Um, Sean, what episode? 239? This is 239. 239 episodes of a podcast where we talk to musicians, entrepreneurs, religious leaders. It's been really all over the map. It's been a very unexpected and regularly delightful couple of years doing this, you know. I know there are a lot of new podcasts, and let's be honest, most of them are shit. And there are probably people <laughs> who listen to this one and think, well, this one, this one's shit too, Brian, but you're wrong. Uh, we are sponsored by Smart Start MN. We'll talk more about them in just a little bit. But we started out right there with a classic from the debut of Pink Floyd, which recently Ooh, look came at that out. Album. On, well, it recently came out on Mom. We're doing this one by Zoom because our guest today lives in Portland, Oregon. But in beautiful condition because it's new, but they put it out on mono. I'm not one of those guys who collects records. I'm like, I've got to have the mono version, man. I've got to have the mono version. But putting this on after having owned a stereo version for most of my adult life, there is something different. You put on the headphones and it makes me wish that I was younger and still smoked weed because early Pink Floyd is literally the sort of top of the mountain when it comes to psychedelic rock and roll, certainly from things and um man Brian Oak is the Brian Oak show Sean how are you today well I'm gonna ask you to turn off your video because you're sounding more and more like a robot Max Headroom and everyone knows that Max <laughs> Headroom is cool as hell all right yes, beep, yes. Beep, 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 you're way better now way better anyway how are you today I'm doing well how about you, Brian? Uh, I'm fine. It's just, as we discussed uh, off air or whatever you want to call this, <laughs> it's a it's a gray, dismal early April day here in Minnesota. It's been raining all morning long. It's supposed to rain slash sleet slash snow slash wintry mix over the next couple of days. But that's April in Minnesota, right? And yes. it's interesting because it's going to be very familiar to our guest today, Vonnie, she lives in Portland, Oregon. And so she, being I was born in Portland and have been there probably 40 times in my life, that this is what it's like there every day. It's always gray and makes you want to do heroin. Just kidding. That's not a funny <laughs> joke. Wow. But I mean, there was a time there. No, there was a time in the 90s and early 2000s. Portland was the heroin capital of the world. And it's like, well, if it always looks like this, where's the hope? Where's the sunshine? Where's the love? Hopefully, Bonnie Kyle's going to tell us more about that coming up in just a little bit. Before we go any further, A, kids, stay in school and don't do drugs. And yes. I used to say that ironically, and now I say it in all sincerity. You're going to be so much happier if you don't. You really, you're going to find a way, even on, on the days that are tough. Two, this show is made possible by Smart Start MN. Now, people who don't do hard drugs often will go out to a party go out to a show, go to a friend's house, or sit behind a convenience store 
and get loaded. And there's nothing wrong with that. You have your own life to live. But for God's sake, do not get behind the wheel of a car after you've done that. If you do it, however, Smart Start MN, well, they're there to help you get back into your vehicle because you will lose your right to drive if you've done it incorrectly. Am I correct, Sean? Well, I just want to know, did you have like summer sausage or is there a reason why you're just like got like acid reflux going today or what's the deal? With you the- know that in the Smart Start MN studios, we keep a wide array, a variety and a wide array of Italian carbonated beverages. And meats it's and possible- cheeses. <laughs> no, no meats and cheeses. It's possible that I hammered one of those down right before I left there earlier today. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's it's making sure that I'm aware that it's still inside me. So I would call that carbonation as opposed to meats and cheeses. Okay. My apologies. You're repeating for... like a howitzer is what I'm saying. Also, I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> I was running a little late for this today because there was a ripple in my gastrointestinal continuum. Um, wow, too much. A disturbance in the force. And I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> I'm just trying to settle it all down right now, which is why I threw it to you. But Thanks for shining the light right back on me. That being said, Smart Start MN <laughs> is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They're the ones who came up with the system that if you lose your license from a DWI, DUI, whatever you want to call it, they can get you back in your car quicker and for less money than you otherwise might expect. Yep. Just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Just ahead, we are going to talk with a Minnesota musician by the name of Bonnie Kyle, and we'll learn everything we need to know. She moved to Portland, and good for her, because that's the city I was born in, so we kind of traded places, Uh, and we'll find out more about that, but I always like to play one song before we get to our featured guest. You know, Sean, how many times do you think on this show I've said you don't get to pick what you fall in love with, right? I mean, dozens, if not hundreds, right? We're on episode 239. You average at least once an episode. I'd say about 286 times. You've said okay. It. I, and I think that's reasonable, yeah. but it, 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 it's really come to fruition as I've grown into adulthood, even dare I say middle age. Um, every once in a while, things come along where you don't expect it to mean anything to you. And you're like, wow, wow. Love that. And Love it when re- that happens. Well, I do too. And I wish it happened more, but then it probably maybe wouldn't be as special if it happened that frequently. I recently stumbled across, and I can't even really remember how I first heard about them. There's a young female identifying Chicago trio known as Horse Girl, and they are doing the 90s better than most of the bands did in the 90s. They, <laughs> they sound to me like the summer of 1992. So there is a nostalgic throwback angle to this band, but I think they're great. I really love what they're doing. They've got a brand new full length on the way coming up in the very near future. I came across this song, and I don't know if you're quite the obsessive person that I am, Sean, but every once in a while I'll find that new song and listen to it eight times, nine times, ten oh, yeah. times in a row. Yep. You've done that before? Yes, I have. Well, and and then I'll forget about it. I'm like, all right, put it aside. You got you got to you have other things to do with your life. You have to eat food, you have to take care of your family, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and then I'll put it on before I go to bed and I'll listen to it eight more times. This song right now is that song for me. And I recommend people watch the video because it's not just their sound, it's not just their songwriting style, it's also their look. This band, even though these are babies, and I'm not saying that in a, a, a denigrating fashion, they're just so young, they weren't there 
but it sounds like they helped make the summer of 1992 happen. I'm in love with this band. Here is Horse Girl, a song called Anti-Glory on The Brian Oak Show. can't explain why again we don't get to pick what we fall in love with but i have listened to that song since i found it a week and a half ago easily 50 times i can't get my the hook is fantastic again very simple but i don't think music needs to be complex in order to be engaging or fascinating 
I just, I think they're brilliant. They're going to be playing at the fine line coming up in late July. And if people want to find more, they can look out online, but they've got a brand new album on the way very, very shortly. And um, I am, I'm a new fan. And again, when we get older, like Sean, I'm not trying to call you old. <laughs> that being said, we are old. And so, you know, it, it, but it gets harder and harder to find new things that you yes. like, right? Like yes. you hear new things that you're like, oh, fuck, what the fuck is this? What's yeah. wrong with the young people today? But yeah. then every once in a while you get hit by something, even if it's a nostalgic bit like that. But watching three women in their young 20s emulate the 90s literally perfectly i love horse girl it is the brian oak show it's time to bring in today's guest who is one of us she is from minnesota but she happens to be a native these days of the city i was born in i've been out to oregon so many times i can't even tell you and today's guest is vonnie kyle and she is now a regular uh resident of portland oregon vonnie hello <laughs> hello brian how are you i'm good it's nice to meet you how are you today oh i'm good just enjoying a, a nice sunny Portland day for once. What? <laughs> weird, whoa, 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 whoa. That, that is weird. That's like saying a, a sunny Dublin day. Like, I mean, the, I know, number of, like an oxymoron. <laughs> the number of cloudy rainy days you get, and people think it's a joke, but having spent as much time gray and rainy there all the time. That being said, my single favorite spot on planet earth is the, mid Oregon coast around Lincoln city, Newport. Um, I've, I've gone there during winter squalls. I've been there in the height of summer. I, I love, I love that part of the country so much, but before we get about uh, the point about your transition, getting to Portland and moving to Oregon, you are a native Minnesotan, right? Yes. Yep. And I lived, I lived in Minnesota for 30 years. Okay, well, that's not possible because you appear much younger looking than that. So I'll just <laughs> oh, take your word your for it. Well, <laughs> Bonnie, where are you from in Minnesota? Uh, well, I grew up in Northfield. All right. Um, and then after I graduated high school, I just kind of bounced around between Minneapolis and St. Paul for the next many years. <laughs> all right which a familiar story to say the very least but you bounced around you grew up in northfield i mean and we're talking about a college town like i know a tremendous number of people who attended saint olaf carlton's yeah. down there i mean so you you it's a gorgeous gorgeous area but i think oh, people yeah. from towns that size get the itch at some point did you get the itch that you had to get out of there I did. It's like you're, it's like you're one way, you know, you're on opposite ends. It's, it can be either you're dying to get out of it. Like I was, right. um, or there's people who just live there forever. Well, and so I grew up in a small town North of the twin cities called Coon Rapids. Same okay. deal. I, I know a ton of people who planted roots the second they graduated from high school and that was going to be the rest of their life. I hit the ground running as fast as I could for the Twin Cities and have lived in Minneapolis now for 35 plus years. So you are a singer songwriter. How long, actually, let me go back a little earlier than that. When, when you were growing up in Northfield, because it clearly happens when you're young, it does with every musician. At some point, the music bug bites you. What I mean, is, does that take the form of you picking up the recorder? Does it take the form of you being in a junior high musical? When does music become the thing you know you want to do? You know, I don't remember when it wasn't. Um, I, I think I told my parents when I was six that I was going to be a singer when I grew up. Wow. 
uh, and I, I started writing songs when I was eight. Wow. So, okay. So I mean, my entire life. And, that, and that's fantastic. I love that. I mean, I mean, you know, when, when music hits you and it, it doesn't bite everybody, but the people it bites, it seems to bite them very hard and leave a lasting scar. Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> well, well, precisely. Right. I mean, no matter what form it takes, but you're young. So did you have, were you, were you formally trained? Did you have lessons? Did you pick up a guitar? Were there, I don't know, symbols sitting around the house. I mean, it, what, what's the, what's the first musical instrument you gravitate towards and start messing around on? I started playing piano when I was about six. Um, and I, I took lessons for nine years while never practicing almost the entire time. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, cause it wasn't, you know, I, I still play some piano. Uh, I don't, I don't play a ton anymore, but when I was about 15, I gravitated more towards guitar because right. um, all, all I really knew is I wanted to be a songwriter um, and I just needed something that I could just easily plunk out chords to and then, you know, hash out some lyrics and sing real loud. Well, and that I totally get. And I mean, when you feel it, you feel it. Like for me, I realized early on I took viola and I also never practiced. And so I was, as a result, was always last chair because I never turned in my practice records. Um, but it occurred to me early on, I was never going to be someone who could create the sounds that were in my head, but I became an ardent, ardent fan of other people who could. And I thought, you know what? It's not so terrible to be adjacent to music, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to creating it. And that I mean, we all have a role to play in this whole thing. Um oh. Before we go any further, because I want to talk about your transition out to the West Coast. I want to talk about the new record. Um, But I first, before we get too far into a show, I really like to hear some music. So let's play a song, if that's cool with everyone involved here. Um, What's the first song we're going to play, Sean? Uh, Say You're Alone. All right. So, Bonnie, tell me about this song right here, when it was written, when it was composed, how it came to you, what it means to you and where people could possibly get their hands on in case they're instantly beguiled by it. Instantly beguiled. I hope so. (laughs) Uh, I wrote this. uh, Gosh, it was I think it was 2019. I was doing this thing. um, I did it in 2017 as well, where I was writing a song every week of the year. Um, and, and this happened, this one happened in later 2019. Um, I had just had a panic attack that, uh, sent me to the emergency room because I thought I was having a heart attack, um, like you do. And, and, uh, I I came back, you know, the doctor said, you're literally one of the healthiest people I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, so they sent me home and I just kind of sat around my house thinking, no, they're wrong. I'm definitely going to die anytime Mm. here. Um, and so I was kind of, um, living in the shadow of this, um, thanatophobia, um, for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's still one of those, one of those things where you can, you don't know what's happening within your own body. And it was, and it was a thing that I just let get to me for a long time. And it, that's what led to writing this song. Um, I was out on a shopping trip and I just was thinking about it too much. And I left without buying anything and ran outside, had a panic attack in my car um, and wrote this song later that day based on just kind of being haunted by that fear. 
but you can you can find the song. It's it's all over. It's on Spotify, Bandcamp. I ran from the grocery store with empty hands and nothing I came for. Then I just sat in my car Making a show of things for no one really I was just so far gone So far gone So far gone It was that same familiar buzz That grabbed me by the throat and pulled me back under By the time I came back up Another house, I wondered how I got there. How I got there. I plucked the sun from the sky so I could click it on and off just like a flashlight so I could choose what I Episode 239 of the Brian Oak Show podcast. We're talking to Bonnie Kyle, who is a Minnesotan by birth, but is currently based in Portland, Oregon. 
the Pacific Northwest, my favorite spot on planet Earth. Again, not widely traveled, but I love it there so much. Vonnie, so you talked about it was based on a panic attack and you talk about late 2019. And this is when we first started to hear the vaguest inklings of that the world was changing, right? It's the same time that Sean and I started this podcast. It's shocking that we're this <laughs> far into it at this point. But I mean, it's the same time we heard about it. And then it got weird. It got real and it got strange. But you're talking about an earlier time. I'm assuming that's not the first time that anxiety reared its ugly head in your life. Has anxiety been something you've lived with and or dealt with your entire life? Or was that oh, yeah. a later development? No, I mean, this had been this had been going on for a long time, but it was it was getting to the the point where I was finally understanding what it really was and and how to how to navigate it. Um, for for a long time, I had this uh, this undiagnosed mood disorder that I just you know had no idea what it was. I just figured I was you know uh, a fun person <laughs> with a with a lot of different moods. Um, and, and then I, you know, I got that diagnosed, I got on medication and I still had this just overwhelming anxiety that would just pop up every once in a while and, um, send me into a little bit of a spiral. So, um, it was probably around 2019 where I finally started learning how to navigate it and, and what to do when things got like that in my head and in my body. Well, there's not a clear path, right? And it's different for everybody because, the source, the journey, and the destination are different for everyone, um, but it's common, you know. I mean, a lot of people out there, and it's really surprisingly only in the last ten, maybe fifteen years that people have started to take it seriously and realize this is how we are. But the reason I ask about it is I don't like to dive too deep into people's personal lives. But then you take that you had that in 2019, and then the last two freaking years happened. I mean, yeah. does, does that does that amplify that sort of situation in your head? Was it was it better to be away from people? Like some people, they just don't want to be around people. And they're like, I know people who lockdown was a gift from heaven. I know other people who lockdown amplified everything they ever hated about themselves or their life or the world around them. Where did you fall on that spectrum? Oh, my God. The, the, the timing, honestly, was hilarious um, <laughs> because... When, when lockdown happened, um, I was in the very beginning phases of a divorce at the time. Mm. So I already had that going on for me. Ouch. Uh, and, and yeah, and I have this, you know, this pre-existing hypochondria and mm -hmm. fanatophobia, um, just this fear of dying. And I had just gotten to my parents' house in Minnesota to start working on my record. Uh, and then I, you know, I lived there for six months <laughs> instead yeah. of it being very quick trip. So I kind of sequestered myself in my, in my bedroom there and just kind of had to let it happen until it was not happening anymore. Uh, and yeah, just kind of, just kind of dealt. It was definitely amplified for, for a while, but having the time to not have to be so focused on my social media or just be constantly booking shows, I at hmm. least have a break from all of that. And that definitely helped with it. Well, you talk about it. And by the way, will you say the word one more time? I, so I know about many phobias and I also happen to be 
the proud host of several of those phobias, but <laughs> the fear of dying has haunted me from the time I was a small child. What did you say that was called? Thanatophobia. I had okay. to look it up recently when I was trying to do like a little blurb for the single <laughs> so I could explain to people uh, where what it was about and where it was coming from. I was like, what is that phobia called? Yeah, well, it, it hits very close to home because my mother loves to tell this story about me when I was young. Again, I wasn't inconsolable. I was not in tears. I was not rocking back and forth on the floor <laughs> of my bedroom. But she loves to tell the story about the number of times where she would wake up and I'd be standing in the doorway just looking at my parents in their darkened bedroom. And she'd be like, Brian, what's going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm all right. I was just laying downstairs thinking about dying. And it's haunted me my whole life. I mean, and again, it sounds so innocent and pure, <laughs> you know. but, but it's followed me like a shadow through my entire life. And I mean, it's real, right? And the older yeah. we get, the closer that shadow gets. And, you know, I've tried to come to peace with it. I've gone to therapy. I don't know how to write songs to express it and get part of it off of my plate, but um, I have Facebook for that. I have a lot of really desolate, dark things <laughs> I put on Facebook, but that doesn't seem to be doing the trick either. I don't know that I'll ever be able to shake that one, but I mean, so you, that's part of your motivation for songwriting. I want to talk about your move from Minnesota out to the West Coast. But before we do that, Sean Bernard is a longtime friend of mine, a colleague, and he's also a sponsor of this show for what he does with his work in realty. He works at the 50th in France location of Edina Realty. And what's weird, we went from having no inventory to some inventory, which now that it's spring, people are getting real active, maybe even hyperactive, and it's led to sort of a freak out in the market. Is that a relatively fair explanation, Sean? Well, I think with the rates kind of coming up uh, gradually or not so gradually, people are kind of realizing that if they're going to move, they need to get on it. And so there's been a big flurry of activity Um I have a lot of people that are getting turned down and their offers that are way over. I had an offer that was turned down that was 40 grand over this weekend and one that was 25 grand over that was turned uh, turned down this weekend. What? And, and, yeah, uh, 40 exactly. 40 grand over and it got turned down? Yes, yes. And um, wow. they were very upset. You know, the, the wife Understandably. Was, yeah. But, you know, they their little daughter, there was a playhouse in the back and the little oh. daughter was like back they're like making hamburgers, hamburgers and ice cream and yeah, yeah. serving us all. And I think they just fell in love with the house and then they didn't get it. And it's the worst part about my job is, is having to consult people that, you know, and that's the reason why, you know, there was a big article that 20,000 people got their real estate license during the pandemic, just in Minnesota. Wow. And let me just say this, there's a lot of good realtors out there. And there's also a lot of people that, maybe shouldn't be doing real estate. If you do not have compassion and empathy as part of your DNA, you shouldn't be doing that as a career because there's a lot of consoling people. Um, there's also a lot of celebrating, a lot of great things. I'm still doing uh, this year what I did last year. I'm donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or a musician. Um, I just want to say to Vani, as somebody who has experienced real panic attacks, and has dealt with uh, anxiety throughout my whole life and some post-traumatic stress disorder from a rough childhood. Um, I get it. I was, um, I thought I was having a heart attack back in 2011 and it's as real as it gets and nobody can talk about it when it's happening to you. And so 
I would never wish that on my worst enemy, but there is something about hearing somebody else that's had that experience that in some ways gives me comfort that I'm not alone and that I'm not a freak, you know, uh, not a total freak, kind of a freak, <laughs> just not totally that way. But anyway, um, you know, if you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, please put them in touch with me. As I say to everybody from the start, uh, I'm going to care about you through this process. We're also going to laugh a lot. And at the end of it all, we're going to donate money to a great local uh, artist or full band. And that's the coolest part about my job. So 612-859-2594. And it's worth mentioning that Sean does that both on the buy and sell and yes. donates to a local artist. Sean's been involved with a great number of nonprofits around town. Mm -hmm. And Sean and I are both committed to what this town means. We love mm -hmm. it here. That's why yes. the majority of the artists we have are hyperly locally focused, which Vonnie is too. I mean, you know, she lives in Portland now, but she's one of us. We, <clears throat> I'm not trying to be elitist. I'm not trying to be exclusive, but Minnesota is fucking rad. Um, is. That being said, the only place I would ever live other than Minnesota, if all my friends weren't here, if my family wasn't here, <laughs> if my job that I've had for the last nearly 30 years wasn't here, aside from the podcast, I would go to Portland. And the reason I love Oregon, one, well, one of the large parts of why I love that area of the country, but Oregon in particular, aside from family, and that Lincoln Beach is the coolest fucking place I've ever set my toes in the sand. Um, it's got every type of photography, topography. You want to go into the top, top snow-capped mountains? Fine. You want to go into actual sand dune deserts? Plenty of them there. You want to go into the deepest primordial forest you've ever been in in your life, where it feels like you've gone back in time to Jurassic Park. <laughs> it, and also cool urban areas. Oregon has literally everything, and I've always loved it. Always thought about going back. I think I'm going to retire there, but I also don't know that I'll ever be able to afford to retire. Bonnie, <laughs> I want to ask you. So obviously, you know, you make a move, right? You've established yourself. You live in Minnesota. You are a Minnesotan. And then all of a sudden you pull up stakes. You're like, I'm heading over there. What got you out to Oregon? Um, I fell in love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wait, am I bringing up that last thing about the divorce thing? Oh, uh, no. Well, I, I had started going through a divorce at the very beginning of right. the pandemic um, right before I had actually been living in Santa Fe for about three years. Hmm. Uh, and I had um, driven up to Minnesota to start working on my record actually with Jillian Ray and, and oh, yeah. Eric Martin who helped produce this record. Right. Um, we were all going to start working together. And then when I got here, that's, you know, that's when I got, uh, I hate to say stuck at my parents' house, but you know, <laughs> I got, uh, I got locked down Understood. Uh, and, and uh, my, my current partner and I, you know, at, at some point we were texting and FaceTiming and we were talking about possibly also working together on this record. Um, he's a sound engineer and a producer. Hmm. Um, and we both had all these ideas and um, we were excited to collaborate. And eventually I said, you know, I'm not going back to New Mexico. So. <laughs> what took I'm oh, so going to Portland? Was it an old relationship that took you? I mean, again, I don't like doing the TMZ thing. I'm not trying to that's dig into is. your life, but I mean, like getting to New Mexico, that's a pretty radical change from Minnesota. Was it a relationship that brought you to New Mexico? It was. I was actually already, I was engaged when I went to New Mexico. Um, gotcha. um he was he was from Minnesota, but he he was uh in film. And Understood. there's a film scene in New Mexico. 
All right. Well, then that, I, I really don't like to dig into people's personal lives at all. But, you know, the motivation to move and change. I mean, let's be honest, like Minnesota is relatively radically different from New Mexico. Yeah. And New Mexico is relatively radically different from Portland, Oregon, although I yeah. do have a deep, deep fondness for Portland. So <laughs> you've been making music for a long time. Were you ever early on? Um, I mean, like when you very first started to play for people out in public, did you ever, and I want you to take this the right way, did you ever embarrass yourself in front of people by playing <laughs> covers that maybe you weren't quite qualified? Uh, I cut out, I, Brian. Cut out a little oh, bit. Oh, sorry. So let me try that again. Okay. Did you ever do a set of covers that perhaps you weren't quite qualified to cover? Um, <laughs> pro I mean, probably. Uh, Did you I, ever go under a suit? Did you name or were you always Vonnie Kyle? No, uh, I used to go by my, my, my real name. Uh -oh. <laughs> you save it. You don't, don't have to share it my, here. Your secrets are this is a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. People, people can, people can know. Well, it was my, uh, my former name was Siobhan Meal and I used to go by that. And then, uh, I decided one day that that wasn't cool enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Look, man, I, I've, as I, the older I get, the more I realize I don't actually give a fuck what anybody else thinks or has to say. Oh, yeah. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm like, Amen. I'm like, you yeah. know what? I, I, I'm going to do the things I want to do because I'm probably, again, maybe not guaranteed, but I'm probably past the halfway point. So I'm not going to waste any more minutes on what other people judge or what they think. Right. But that's still, that does not dissipate anxiety or any of the weirdness of the world. So I want to talk about the new record, Imperfect Parts. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about where it came from, how it came to be, what we can look forward to in terms of 2022. But before we do that, I'd like to hear another song because I, I hate going too long without a song. People get itchy, even when the story is good. What's <laughs> the next song? That. What's the next song going to be, Sean? Uh, it's going to be Imperfect Parts. All right. Well, here we go. So it's off the new record. Tell me about, we'll we'll talk a lot about the record on the other side, but tell me about the title track right here. Um, whatever you feel like sharing, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote this right before I had driven back to Minnesota and it was, you know, right when, basically right when my, when my marriage was ending um, and I, and I started realizing that I'm actually, you know, I'd been beating myself up over how things had been going. And I was finally coming to the realization that not everyone is perfect. And I still deserve to be loved regardless of what was going on at the time. So, yeah. I expect so much to fall into my hands when I don't know what's safe to touch. I'm tossing ashes to the ground. It's the one thing I know how to do. on the phone in a universe where everything feels under control but it's not the one I live in just one where I'm existing with you and I know that it's not there 
cut from her new release imperfect parts we are talking to bonnie kyle here on the brian oak show and i love it when serendipity happens because i i don't believe i'm not someone who believes in a divine creator but i am someone who believes that there is this sort of universal lattice of coincidence that lays over everything very carl Jung style the last episode of the show episode 238 featured jillian ray and Jillian Ray <laughs> is featured on this song. She was literally the most recent guest on our show, and she sings the counterpart for you on the chorus of that song. How do you know Jillian Ray? Uh, Jillian and I didn't become friends until I had moved to Santa Fe. I think I like, 
I think I like accidentally sent her a friend request on Facebook. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then we just became friends on social media and then started hanging out whenever I'd come back to Minnesota to visit. And then we did a tour, like a mini tour in uh, the Midwest at one point. And we started talking about the record I really wanted to make and her and her husband, Eric, really wanted to be involved with it. So um, it was me and them and my my partner, David Badstumer, all made this record together. So, I mean, you, there's obviously an upbeat tone and vibe to that song, but it's clear to me by talking to you and hearing what you have to write that a lot of your song comes from, I don't know, I mean, you can call them what you want, right? You can call them difficult periods, you can call them periods of growth, you can call them periods of change whatever the case may be, these can be difficult topics for a songwriter or frankly, any living human being to revisit again and again. Do you struggle with that ever as a performer? Like, okay, here's a song about my divorce or here's a song about <laughs> worst panic attack I've ever had. Or, I mean, like, I, I always wonder about when people dig into the depths of their heart and their soul to create this art, I'm always appreciative, but I wonder how do you do it night after night after night if you have to, how do you approach something like that? You know, you know, Brian, <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, I, uh, when I, when I play shows, my onstage banter uh -huh. is, I will be totally honest, it is not my strong suit. <laughs> I come as quickly in between songs, from song to song as I possibly can. Right. Every once in a while, I'll have some, you know, I'll have something to say about it, but I would say like 50% of the time I'm saying, and here's the next song. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is fine. But I mean, the song itself is still the vehicle for that emotion, that experience. I just, it's I feel like, well, it, 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 yeah. that's the thing. There's part of the, 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 you letting go and you sharing it and getting it out of your body. But there's also part of you that has to still feel that feeling to get through that performance and give it the heft, brought it life to me it just it seems like a very very delicate balance and i don't know how songwriters like you do it it you know it can be it gets to a point where you play it enough times it kind of becomes uh just you're still putting the feeling into it but it's the you know the the pain of it dulls yeah. <laughs> i guess Right. Well, I mean, but it's a great place for things to come from because when people hear music at least when i hear music i want to feel a feeling i want to know again sean and i have talked about so many podcasts when you believe someone right like i yeah. mean if you hear a song look at a painting or go see a dance performance whatever whatever form an artist's expression takes there are times you know that you're like that's all right or there are times you know like holy shit i believe this and i just i feel like that's a that's an incredible burden but i suppose that's also started the artist burden speaking of the artist burden the last couple of years have been fucked up and i think we can all agree Why? on that at virtually Why? every level <laughs> what oh, happened? I don't know. something happened so <laughs> a, minor, a minor global pandemic you guys might hmm. not have heard about it but oh, it has had an impact so sean and i are both deep deep music heads we've been around music involved in the music industry but not actual creators but i know that since i talked to so many creators both from a creator's perspective and from a fan's perspective, the last two years have sucked out. And now here we are getting back into doing things. So I have a two-part question for you. I'm only going to ask the first part right now. 
what was it like for you during the pandemic? You're like, I have songs. I want to write. I want to put a record out. I want to play shows. And none of that shit is possible. What did you do for the last two years? <laughs> well, uh, I guess for the for the first six months of the pandemic, I was just I was in Minnesota um, and I was just writing in my tiny little, you know, Harry Potter cupboard size bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> right under the stairs. I have an office like that. Uh, yep. Yep. And I, uh, you know, I set up my very uh, <laughs> modest little recording studio and just kind of cranked out demos. We, I had written most of the record by the time uh, the pandemic started. Actually, I'd mm. written pretty much all of the record by that point, but I still needed an outlet. So I was still creating things. Um, just <laughs> everything was a lot heavier at that point in time. Right. So I was just trying to stay as, as active as I could without, um, you know, the ability to play shows. I've been a full-time, almost a full-time touring artist prior to, prior to lockdown. So everything just kind of just, mm. uh, shut down really quickly in that sense. But I, you know, I would, I'd get up, I had my routine, I'd go out for a walk, um, I'd get some exercise, and then I'd come back <clears> and sit down with my guitar and just, you know, crank out whatever I could. So here we are. Again, I am not smart enough, or rather not stupid enough to, well, I'm also probably not smart enough, but I'm also <laughs> not stupid enough to say, and here we are, everything's back to normal. It's just, there are new shows from the minor acoustic cafe gig to the large stadium gigs. Everything seems to be rolling out right now and people mm -hmm. are encouraged. And I, I share their optimism, but with a very cautious sort of approach to it. I bought a few concert I'm desperate to back out. From a performer's perspective, are you encouraged? Are you excited? Do you have plans for the summer and the year ahead? Um, yeah, I am. I am excited. I've got some shows like that. I have tickets to <laughs> lined up that I'm really excited to go to. Right. Um, I, and I'm just starting to play full band shows again. Mm. I hadn't, I think my first one in like two years was back in October. Okay. I hadn't been able to play with a full band in a long time. Mm. So now with this record coming out, I'm excited to finally start um, playing with a whole band again and becoming more immersed in this scene because people around here are still just getting to know me. I'm still right. kind of the new kid on the block out here. Um, but, but I also have been playing a lot of solo shows too. And I think doing shows like that is, has been a nice way to, you know, slowly get my feet wet again uh, and just get, get used to doing shows and being out around people <laughs> after so, my, all my time being, uh, being an introvert. Well, let me ask you this then, because to me, this is another fascinating aspect when someone changes homes, changes home base. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, but is it 
exciting to you to get in front of all these new people? Do you do you rise to the challenge or do you find it daunting and you find yourself sitting in your car rocking back and forth before every one of these gigs? Because I trust me, I have to go out in front of people with my other job all the time and I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like, I fucking got this shit today. And other days I'm, I'm literally rocking back and forth in my car like, what the fuck am I doing here? I shouldn't be here. This is a terrible mistake. I mean, are you? Are, moving poems and getting back out because portland's a cool city man and i'm sure that there's a very insular community there just like there is in minneapolis i've heard so many musicians who have moved here say hard to get in with people because they're really tight-knit and i mean so what's what's the experience been like becoming a portland artist as opposed to a minnesota artist it's actually really similar um it's there's different scenes, you know, there's like the, the indie folk singer songwriter scene, and then there's rock and then there's hip hop, you know, like, like it is in Minneapolis. Right. Um, for me, it's, uh, honestly, it's terrifying. I think that's fine. I, I think hey. that's something people can relate to, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, it, hey, it, look it, at me in my, in my guitar. I hope you like it. And, <laughs> and it's fun. It's, it's exciting. I like sharing my material with new people. I, I have a great time doing that. I, I tried to do a lot of networking before I officially moved out here too, so that I could start forming those bonds and friendships or just working relationships even with people out here. So I wasn't just, you know, going into a bar and seeing a show and being like, hey, I've been watching you. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds creepy. I like you. I'm going to be honest, Bonnie. That sounds creepy. I think you you took the right approach. When you talk about bringing your music to new people, for people who Bonnie Kyle is not a household name to, what is ground zero for you in terms of people looking at old songs, looking at new songs, watching your touring schedule, trying to keep up to date with what's going on. What is ground zero for people to find you who do not already know where you are? I would look in all the streaming places. I've got, you know, everything, everything I have, including the things I pulled <laughs> from Spotify, all of those things are on my Bandcamp page. Right. So that's a great place to listen to my music. If you want to hear a lot of my really old school material back from like 2013, but all of my new things and the way I'm sort of trying to reinvent myself now that all of that are on, you know, Spotify title, all the standard streaming services. Um, I also had a, had a project called 1010 division, which was, still me. I just, you know, I had just moved to a new city at the time. I had just moved to Santa Fe and uh, I said, I'm going to be a new person now. And I was still writing breakup songs. <laughs> <laughs> but what just I like about name. you, Bonnie, this is the first time we ever had a chance to talk. I appreciate your honesty. Like I never like to dig into anyone's life, mm-hmm. but your willingness to share the journey you've gone on and where you are and that it's not simple and there are crazy things because I think more now than ever on the, you know, again, I hate to keep doing this. I feel like I'm cursing it, but on the farther side of the pandemic, I'm not saying it's over, 
but I think more people have had to face those issues. There were people who faced it every day pre-pandemic, right? It's just the way the brain works. But post-pandemic, I think people who never even thought about life that way, who never experienced that kind of anxiety or that kind of isolation have suddenly sort of, whether or not they've dealt with it well, have had to deal with it. And so I appreciate the honesty with which you approach what you've done and where you are and where you're going. And I think that's pretty cool. So your Bandcamp page, Vani, by the way, which is not an everyday household name, V-O-N-N-I-E-K-Y-L-E. Is that how we find you? That is it. I just, I spell it out because even though it's silly, People will be like, Vani, V-A-U-G-N-Y-Y-K-Y-L-L-E. Like I just people get silly about that kind of stuff. So um Vani, but with V for victory. Dig it. Wow, nice. look at you there. Okay. I I feel like you could have dropped the mic right there and we could have wrapped up the show, but we're gonna hear one more song from you. But before we go, um Imperfect Part is your new record. It's a labor of love and a labor of a lot of other things. Is it out now? When's it coming out? It's coming out on the four, the fifteenth, Friday the fifteenth. It'll be of April. Out. So yeah, we're recording this today oh. on the fifth. I mean, that's that's tax day. I'm going to be busy that day, Vani. I don't know what to tell you. That's the day that I usually wait to give my tax stuff to my tax guy. And he's like, I can't possibly get this done today. I'm like, There you go, champ. I know you got this one. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> Jesus God. But so April 15th, it is tax day, but it's also the release of Imperfect Parts by Vonnie Kyle. In the meantime, though, there are songs people can hear, old stuff, new stuff on your Bandcamp page. Will you be going out on the road at all this year to to support your record? That is the hope. I haven't set up the tour yet, but that is the hope that I'll be starting to do some some more West Coast shows at least and hopefully get back to Minnesota at some point and do my my annual, uh, resume my annual Minnesota performance like at Mortimer's or something would be fun. Good God, yes. I mean, uh, and see, there's so much, there are so many questions I want to ask you about the Minnesota years, about the things you found in Portland. Sadly, our time is drawing rapidly to a close because you know, statistics indicate that most people stopped listening 20 minutes ago, even though you're a fun person to talk to. It's just the way people are. It's not you, it's them. All right, Vonnie? Yeah, it's them. I can say it's all them. my really controversial things because they won't hear it now. Yeah, well, exactly. Oh, I mean, if you got, you want to drop one last bomb before we get to your final song, you feel free, Vonnie. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call someone a fuck face, whatever, it's, a it's a podcast, so there really aren't any rules here except for hate speech. We drew, do draw the line at hate yeah, speech yeah. here on the Brian Oak Show. Yep, fresh out of hate speech today. Thank That's God. Good. All right, before we say our final goodbye to Bonnie Kyle, I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank the good people, uh, Nate and his entire crew at Audio Quip. Without them, we are nothing. All of our Patreon supporters who allow us to have an independent studio, everyone who's ever listened, shared, you know, amplified, whatever they've done to this show. It's hard to imagine we're actually 239 episodes into this. The Mm. thing that started out as a lark, and I can't promise it's any good, but damn, I enjoy it. Every time I'm even tired, I'm like, oh, another podcast. I always (laughs) like, I wish we had two more hours because there's a lot of other questions I'd like to ask you. But thank you to everyone who's ever supported or been involved in any regard. And thank you, Sean Bernard. Thank you. Uh, um, Bonnie, thank you very, very much. It was good to talk to you. And if you do come back to Minnesota, you should come in and visit the Smart Start Studios in person. I would love that. 
All right. Very good. Well, good, good luck to you in 2022. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So hang on.